who doesn't love Weird Al Yankovic on a Wednesday, y'all? So there you go. In case you missed the uh, the halftime show, didn't get your fix of Eminem. We can't really play Eminem on here. We need something a little bit more appropriate. So we decided to make it a Weird Al Wednesday. You're welcome. Uh, go ahead, Lisa. Hey, good morning. Am I unmuted? I am. Yes. Look at that. That's the first time on a real talk in like three times I've remembered to unmute myself before I said welcome. Hey, coaches. So glad you're here today. Thank you. Yeah, we want to pump the things up, right? Pump it up. We can pump up the volume. Y'all, let's go back to some 80s songs, right? Al, Al Yankovic was really popular in the 80s. So um, remember it all. Remember it. Well, yeah, I guess I hadn't seen I hadn't seen or listened to him in a while. Maybe I should put that on my playlist, right? So, uh, let's, hey, let's yeah. all start a petition for a Weird Al Yankovic for the Super Bowl <laughs> halftime show. I yeah. would pay to watch that. There you go. There you go. Oh my gosh. They, thank you all for being here today. Thank you for being here. I know some of y'all might come for the music. Tim, thank you uh, for that. And uh, it's always an eclectic mix of music and uh, it's always a lot of fun. Um, today, coaches, it's uh, Tim, uh, Tim Mann, of course, you all know him. Will you, you know what? I shouldn't assume that. There may be coaches on here today, Tim, Justin, that have never been on a development call yet or maybe they've not had an opportunity to be on a development call where you were facilitating. Um, so uh, Tim Mann, um, he he's our, our music music guy right now. He does our he's our DJ. Let's put it that way. And uh, thank you for being here, Wendy. Welcome. Look at that. If you all if this if you're new to Real Talk, put it in the chat box. And coaches who have been here um, over and over again, y'all. Welcome them, rally, all right? Um, Justin Weaver is on with us. A few of you have begun to get familiar with Justin. Um, he is, uh, he, he, much of his focus here in the office is with smart dollar coaching. Um, but he spends about half of his time, uh, maybe even more, uh, with us now as with Ramsey Plus Coaching, with, um, with um, in, in the group coaching, when just cross training in so many different areas and we're so glad to have him on the team and then Les Nino many of you know Les Les is gone he's out of the office right now he'll be back this evening he and his wife Leslie have been in Texas visiting his father 89 year old father and um um, the man is a beast, and so uh, that's where Les gets it from for sure. And um, but we'll we miss Les. He'll be back for the next real talk, and so we're excited to have that happen. Also, guys, uh, and then I am Lisa Barber. For those of you who have not had a chance to meet at this point, I hope that I do have the opportunity to meet you. Um, here's the fun thing: is that we have such different personalities. Uh, on this call, the three of us, and when Les is in, you know, we are very different in our communication and coaching styles, and um, we have to be very, here. here's one of the things we have to be very intentional about, and that is communicating correctly with people. I know that I have to, I, I, I mean, I, I can step on somebody's neck in a heartbeat if I am caught up in, um, in me, if that makes sense. And if I'm not, one of, one of the things this morning, just out of um, vulnerability here that I asked for in prayer for my team, is that I do have eyes to see them. That I'm not always looking in other directions. I'm not focused on getting the task done or the thing done. Um, and it actually leads us into the topic of discussion we have today. And I, I don't know if anybody feels that you're in such a hurried state and you were such a, maybe a frenzied state at times, but um, you, how many of you can uh, maybe describe your lives as fast and furious? Put it in the chat box. Yes or no. Fast and furious. Right. You know, people ask you, I'll be walking down the hall and I'll say, hey, how, how's your week going? And they're like, uh, uh, they, they don't even know what to say because it, it, they can't put their mind on one thing. It's been so fast and furious. Yesterday is the past. The only moment we have is this moment, and but we're running to something else. 
we're running to something constantly. So my prayer this morning was to just say, Lord, just help me see the people around me. Even if I don't have a chance to communicate with them in that morning, let me look them in the eyes, please, and see what's going on. I want to, because the eyes are the window to the cell, right? Y'all ever heard that before? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we often say around here, we need to slow down to speed up. That's a phrase that was coined by one of our, uh, one of our key leaders at one point here in the office. And um, we slow down to speed up, but I'm guilty of not slowing down. Guilty. So what we're going to talk about is this fast and furious life of ours. And, um, it, it, you know, a positive descriptor could be that life is full. Now, I, I noticed that sometimes when I would answer things are busy, I almost felt a complaint full spirit. You know, oh, it's so busy. Gracious, it's, it's been really busy right now. It felt complaintful. Uh, but I believe that, you know, Jesus gives us a full and abundant life. And um, if, if it changed my perspective, my my personal perspective in that, it 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 that that the full and abundance of my life is not negative, and I should never complain. That was a conviction for me, you know. In that moment, I see some some of y'all feeling the same way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I threw this that's out a good there. question. Interesting. Yeah, that's what right. I was getting ready to say, Tim. Did you put that so in there? I did. So, so often someone asks you, oh, how are you? How have you been? Busy. What, what kind of answer is that? Right? We're asking a question about how someone feels, what their experience in life has been. And rather than give a real answer from inside of this is how I'm feeling, we share, oh, I'm busy. I'm doing something. Got lots of things going on. And a lot of times we can be so busy as to be completely ineffective. We can spend so much time being busy with something that we're not effective on anything. And so what if we would actually answer that question honestly? Uh, this is something I've been working on wow. is, is I get asked this question a lot of, of how are you doing, especially those that have uh, kind of known what's been going on for me outside of these walls for the last six months. I get questioned all the time. How are you? But seriously, how are you? And I'm no longer hiding answers. When people ask me that, I, I tell them. And if they don't want the real answer, they shouldn't ask the question. Um, but I, I don't just say, oh, I'm busy anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, that sounds terrible to me. And I'm not going to waste my time on that. That's um, right. If, if you want to ask me how I'm doing, prepare for a real answer. If you don't want my real answer, don't ask because I'm not just going to say busy. We're all busy. But what are we actually doing? What, that, that's not a bridge builder in connection between me and another human being to just say busy. There's two sides to what you said, two things, two paths we could take, Tim, on what you mm-hmm. just said. One one could be, um, uh, who is it? Uh, so one of the coaches in the chat box, I'm, I'm, I, it scrolled on me, I'm sorry. But what she was saying is that, you know, saying the term busy, um, it, it may be super imposed that I'm not doing enough if I'm not. Um, that's one thing. And then the other is the real answer. Uh, us personally so there's the feeling of I'm not doing enough if I'm not busy that's one thing that's one path we could take the other is what you just talked about so let's stay here for just a minute but I do want to go to the other in a minute um Mm -hmm. that that takes a lot of vulnerability um Tim to be able to step out and say this is how I'm really feeling um and hopefully that other the person on the other side is 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 strong enough to receive what you just had to say Justin, Hopefully. how do you feel about that? Yeah. As Tim is talking about this, does it provoke some emotions or thoughts for you? Yeah, the first place my mind went to is exactly where Lauren went in the chat. I think that's the one you were you were trying to reference there. Um, the response, the knee-jerk response of, oh, I'm busy, says that I've got a lot of things to do. And generally I do right? I'm always looking at what are the next five things I need to get done. I'm trying to wrap up this meeting because I've got the next meeting scheduled up next. And then after that, I've got just a little bit of window of time to do that. And then after that task is done, then I need to move on to that thing. Then I got to drive home, right? And so the list just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes. Yeah. And so for me, that answer of I'm busy, is a little bit of a value statement, right? Because sometimes, oftentimes, 
our self-worth and value gets wrapped up in all the things that we do. Mm-hmm. This is often like people ask, well, how are you? Or how do you feel? Or what's going on in your life? And we are oftentimes, I'll, I'll speak for myself. My response is to go to the things that I do because that that is where I drive a lot of I drive a lot of value and a lot of identity is, oh, well, I'm a financial coach. Oh, I'm, I'm busy. I'm doing all these things. And that can be a social currency for us sometimes, right? Of I don't want to be seen as that person that's not got a lot going on because clearly people who have a lot of things going on, they've got all the things going on, right? So they, they must be important. They have a lot of things that they're doing. Um, but I've learned that having that response of, oh, I'm busy. Mm-hmm. What I'm really doing, I'm denying myself and the person who's asking me the question an opportunity yeah. for us to build a relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really costly, mm-hmm. not just in time, but costly. It costs it costs relationships, right? Yeah. Uh, you said cur- you said social currency. That's exactly what you're talking about. Is costs us in relationships. There is an opportunity cost in in this moment, right? Of busy or not busy, man, Justin, that was good. And look, I'm an introvert, so you know, interacting with people talking with people. Uh, I'm a five on the Enneagram. If any of y'all care about that as well, some people get a little too excited about the Enneagram. Uh, I'm coming in the middle on it, but it, it interacting with other humans costs me energy, right? And so I know that's, that's part of the calculation going through my mind. Anytime someone, I see someone in the hallway or walking, you know, to, to the, to the lunchroom or anything like that, it's, um, is interacting with this person going to cost me? energy that I need for something later. And I need, I'm working on getting better of realizing that God gives me the amount of energy I need for that day. And I just need to lean into that sometimes. So that's just something I'm working on. Wow. That's a powerful statement. Did y'all hear that? Listen to that. God gives me the grace I need, which in this case might be energy for people when I need it. Mm-hmm. When I need it, we can't, we can't, if we can't store it up from our past and we can't step into it in the future, it's the grace I need for the day that I'm in. Boy, that was fantastic. I just got cold chills that um, I got to, I got to stay, I got to stay present in that and mm-hmm. uh, let that one dictate the way that my, the rest of my day goes. That's good. Hey, Tim, your other thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I put this in the chat box along with that line of I'm busy is the, the thought that like that finished in my head is just was saying I'm busy I've got all these things to do which means that I don't have time for you mm-hmm. uh, so often we use I, I saw someone just shared in there I think it was Vince said that we use busyness as a shield to prevent things and and one of the most interesting challenges to me is as coaches we ask our clients to be vulnerable with us all the time sometimes even more than possibly we should. But we ask our clients to be vulnerable with us all the time. And oftentimes we don't extend the same vulnerability in our own lives. Now, I'm not saying we need to be vulnerable with the client in the same way that we're asking them to be vulnerable with us. You don't need to share all of your financial information with your client. Like they're gonna be sharing a lot of their information with you. That doesn't make a lot of sense. But it is interesting to me that we hold such high expectations of our clients for vulnerability that some of you have told me when a client feels less vulnerable than you would like, your immediate reaction is to fire the client or not work with that particular client. And yet how often in our lives do we say, oh, I'm busy as a shield, meaning I don't want to be open. I don't want to be vulnerable. I don't want to share with you what's really going on. And it, it's almost this, and I know I'm kind of stepping on some toes here, so I'm okay with that. If, we, if I see the numbers of the attendees drop off, you all know what's happening. Uh, <laughs> we see this thing happening where like we're being hypocrites. If we are so hypocritical that we will demand vulnerability of our clients, that we are unwilling to participate in ourselves, how do we continue to ask for that vulnerability from our clients? And so there's a huge element of this being able to slow down, being able to be vulnerable, being able to look at ourselves and saying, am I being busy with the right things? Am I actually busy or am I just allowing myself to get pulled in a thousand different directions into things that don't matter that much? Sometimes we use busy as a synonym for out of control. Right. So if, if I say I'm busy, it's because I don't have control of my own life. 
And so much, again, of what we do as coaches is help people get control of their finances, of their budgets, of their personalities, of their time, of their, all these different things. We spend all of this time helping them build control at the same time things are running completely amok in our own lives. Mm-hmm. Why? Why do we allow this to persist in ourselves? And that's part of the reason I love this conversation today is like, this is a chance for us to call some stuff out in ourselves that really needs to be called out. Because mm-hmm. coaches, let's be honest with each other here. A lot of us are bad at this. Most of us are, Tim. This is a time challenges and boundaries around respecting our own time is, I Mm -hmm. think, one of the top three, at least, coaching boundaries that I experience with clients. Good call out on that. Y'all hear what he said? He said, we, 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 uh, we teach it, we implore it, we encourage our clients to prioritize everything from their money to their time, and then yet, we don't do it all the time ourselves. Um, and, you know, it's been a couple, I, I don't know, a few months back, Tim, we kind of were talking about this at one of our collaborative meetings with co- our, with our internal coaches, and it stood out to me um, it, because you said filling, we, we could be doing, filling our time with good stuff, but is it the right stuff? And um, that's, a, that's a question that when I get up in the mornings now and I order my day, I ask that question when I start putting all my tasks down, because if y'all have ever done that, you could fill up a legal pad if you weren't careful with with the things that could be need to be done. But to choose what is the right thing. And like, for instance, tonight, uh, a question my husband asked me. So we're having some celebration around us right now. What my husband asked me was, are you going to go ahead and go to the grocery tonight? And I said, no, we got, we got stuff in the, in the fridge. I got something we can make. And he was asked me, well, what is it? And uh, I said, well, you're, I mean, it's not the top of your list, but if you would like to go to the grocery, you're welcome to, if that fits in the order of your day today. So going to the grocery to take care of my family, that's a good thing, but it wasn't the right thing for me today. It, it, it just wasn't the thing. Yeah, he'll eat, Vince, whatever I cook if he's hungry enough, or he'll go to the grocery and do his own thing. That's fine, too. That's a whole nother topic of real talk, but um, I was proud of myself, though, in that moment, Tim, as that conversation came back to me from months ago. The, the good thing and the right thing may not be the same thing. And I, that, that has made a huge difference in my life. And it's where I transitioned using the word busy to, yeah, things are full. So yeah. have you all, have you all, Tim, Justin, have you all had people walk up to you and say, um, gosh, I didn't want to bother you with this because I know you're busy. Ah. Oh. Have you ever had somebody Only say that to you? Yes. Tim, how's that cause you? What's that make you think? What's that? How, what do you feel it, when you hear that? I'll be honest. I hate that feeling. Now, there are times that I truly, I don't have the ability to jump off of what I'm doing at all times. So for example, right now I'm doing this really great webinar called Real Talk, where I get to join a panel of, of other coaches and, and hundreds of my closest coaching friends here uh, on this call. And so if somebody came by right now to ask me a question, I, I truly don't in this moment from 11 to noon central on Wednesday, February 23rd, have a moment to answer their question, but I would be happy to get to them when I can. But for me, the, the deeper feeling is when somebody asks me or, or when somebody starts off by apologizing for asking of my time, it, it does make me question, have I created a reputation or a personal brand mm. such as such that says, I'm more important than you. Therefore, how dare you peasant come bother me with the ask for my time? How dare you uh, deign to take from this time that belongs to something greater than you? Like, I mean, it can get really crazy here. Like, how terrible of a feeling. And I, I'll, when I hear that, it makes me question myself of how am I presenting myself to people? Yeah. How, how am I opening? And, and if it's not me, how horrible in our society is it that people have such an ingrained mentality that to ask for help? that to ask to have a question answered, that to ask to simply share in a moment of interaction with a fellow human being on a conversation or topic of purpose requires a beginning with an apology for taking of their time. I, I, it, honestly, it really, really bums me out 
on both a personal level and, yeah. and on a greater sociological level, it, it's just really, really hard to hear that and to hear people's pain and, and nervousness and fear and asking a simple question. Now, there are times when someone says, hey, do you have a second? I'll say, honestly, I truly don't right now, Right. but let's find a time, but let's let me make time for you. Your, your question is important to me. Your need is important to me. Let's create the time. I will happily carve out time when we can make this work in a way that I'm not going to violate my boundaries or take away time that I've promised to other mm -hmm. people, but I would be happy to carve out time for you. You're worth yeah. it. You matter. You're important to me. I want to help you with whatever it is that you need that I can help you with in a timely fashion. And yeah. it's, it's not an apology scenario. I don't need you to apologize to me for asking if I can answer a question for you. That's mm -hmm. insane to me. Yeah. And Vince used the word approachable, Tim. That's what we're, mm. that's what your, that whole uh, dialogue was about is being approachable by people. Oh, they, they, they don't want to, listen to my piddly question or junk or whatever. I was going to use another word, y'all. So, yeah. you know, and, and because I've felt that about other people too. And then when I step back and look at the person, I'm like, what caused me to think that about them? Because that's not who they are. You know, I get into my own head and my own space and don't reach out and ask myself, man, that was, that was good. That was good reckoning. And, and, and Justin, uh, man, that approachability of people and being approachable, you know, um, but let me ask you, I'm going to ask you, this is a little more personal, Justin, is, sure. is how do you want people to approach you? How, what, what do you, I mean, we don't want them to come up and say, I know you're really busy. You know, we can say how we don't want them to approach you, but have you ever really mm -hmm. thought about that? How do I want people to approach me? Because I'm of the belief that if we understand what we're trying to attract, then we, then we'll position ourselves to attract that thing. So how do you want to be approached? Yeah, this is a bit where my mind went when Tim was talking about this question. I saw uh, Rick say something in the chat earlier about uh, that person might just have low self-esteem. And I think this plays into a little bit of this conversation. Um, we can talk about the what we don't want, right? But also uh, we should focus in on what do we want to project to people so that they know that. So I, I would want to know, I would want to project and feel like to others that I was both knowledgeable to be able to help them in a situation if they had a need but also that approachability that you talked about. Um, and, and for me, the word that just kept coming up is uh, that I approach people with grace. Hmm. So I, I think that's one thing that my own personal journey has probably taught me the most potentially is that through my own struggles, I can so more e easily identify with others and in their situations. So I try to think back on when was, when, how was I feeling at the time when I approached someone that I needed help with, mm -hmm. right? Whether it was a financial question or, or something in my life that I was, I went to someone who I thought was a mentor or who could be a mentor for me. Mm -hmm. And when I approached that person, I did come at it from a position of uh, humility and, and humbleness and, and a little bit of that shyness too. Right. Um, and so that's always a red flag comment to me when someone says, Hey, I know you're busy, but mm -hmm. right. That's usually a red flag for me that this is someone who it took them courage to even approach me to ask this question. And I need to flag that in my brain of when I hear this is like, Oh wait, I need to take a few extra moments. Even if I maybe don't have time, unless it's absolutely necessary, this might be a time that I need to, shift my schedule around because this person, this might be the only time today, this week, this month, that this person has enough courage yeah. and, and has worked themselves up to be able to ask that question. Wow. Yeah. The I don't know if I answered worry, your question, be, but. <laughs> you did. You did. Well, yes, you did. Because my question was, how do we create that? Um, like what was Tim was talking about? How do we create that brand, uh, if you will, um, of being approachable. 
being that person that somebody can come and talk to. And, and in my mind also, Justin, as you were talking, I was thinking about, um, you know, when um, someone comes to my desk or they stop me in the hall, um, do I just go ahead and stop? Even if I'm going to tell them, hey, I am on my way to this meeting. I got three minutes. Um, so can we connect it? you know, like 1130 when I'm done mm -hmm. with the meeting or whatever. But did I give them my full attention in that moment? If somebody approaches my desk, do I stop what I'm doing, quit typing in the email, and turn my full focused attention to that individual? Um, uh, Tim, you the other day, um, you probably don't even remember this. You were you came over to ask me a question or tell me something. And um, it, and I stopped and turned, but then I said to you, can, can give me just one second. Let me just finish dumping this thought out because mm -hmm. it was, I was, I knew what would happen is it would be disruptive period. And it took me, mm -hmm. I don't know, 20 seconds to finish dumping that thought out on my computer. And then I turned and faced him because I'm really good at um, trying to multitask. Mm -hmm. But what happens with multitasking is it does take your focus off of something that could be the one thing that's most important. And so I have to be very, very careful with that, especially when it involves another person. I will do my best not to multitask in that moment. And I'm really bad at that. I, I, I have a lot of work to do there. But even in that one moment, and you know what, Tim would have understood as my teammate had I just kept doing what I'm doing and listening to him at the same time, he would have understood that. But boy, is that the way I want to treat people? That's not the way I want to treat people. Well, there's even been times where I've stopped by and said, hey, I've got something to share. Like, can you pop over whenever you're done? Yeah. Um, or there's right. times I'll come by and you'll be on a call. I'm like, hey, can you just come see me after your call? But I, I think this is an interesting example as we're, we're thinking through some things. And some of the words that Justin tossed out here sparked kind of a, a reminder of something in my head. Um, this is we're going to go to church here for a second, everybody. So buckle up. Uh, so there's this really powerful scene in the book of Revelation, chapter four, that shows the throne room of God in a way that we don't see anywhere else in the entire Bible. And there's this crystal sea and lightning and thunder and this massive throne, and these insane looking angels, this incredible scene of what God's throne room looks like. The creator of the universe who put the stars in their place and it was every goings on that has ever happened that ever will happen in our entire universe. And then I look at Hebrews 14. And it's talking about the relationship that people have and can have with God through his son, Jesus Christ. And there's this really powerful thing at the end of uh, Hebrews chapter four it says, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Y'all, we have the perfect example of what it looks like to have all the things in the world to be responsible for. To, to tie into the book of Job, when Job questions God about his loss, God's answer is to pull out his resume and tell Job, here's all the things that I'm aware of and run. Would you really like my job for a little while? And Job's like, nope, I'm out. I'm good. Uh, it was it was like the, the script for Bruce Almighty written thousands of years before uh, Jim Carrey got to read it. But we have this God who literally knows everything, sends every snowflake where it should go and says, I have time for you. When you need me, approach me, come to me with mercy, with grace. Like I I have these things to give you. I want to give you good things. And this is the example we have. And so one of the things that we can work towards is how do we make this look in our coaching? How do we make this look in our families? What, what if we allowed our spouses to approach us this way? What if we allowed our children to approach us this way? Yeah. And what if we get away from this idea of I have to be busy to be effective. I have to be busy to qualify. I have to be busy to call myself impactful or successful, are you just going to argue that God is not successful? Yeah. I'm not going to make that argument. And yet he always chooses to make time for the things that matter most, which is these relationships with people. And mm -hmm. so, so much of what we're talking about today is, is finding a way to slow down. Let's get rid of the stuff that'll still be there tomorrow. 
Your mm -hmm. website and the needs for your website will be there tomorrow. The need to design a business card will be there tomorrow. The need for anything you think you need to run your coaching practice will still be there tomorrow if you don't get to it today. Mm -hmm. What about that moment that's waiting for you right now with a client, with a spouse, the child, with a family member, with those moments you can't get back, that moment may not be there tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Set aside the things that don't matter so much and focus on the things that do. And the, the other things, you'll find time for them. And the people in your life that when, when you do need to say, hey, I have a deadline, I've got to get this thing done. I'm going to ask for a little bit of grace as I get this thing done. When you've built the relationship and the reputation with them, that you're somebody who always makes time for somebody who needs it. Then when you're the one who needs a little bit of this time to focus, no one's offended by you taking the time to get done the thing you need to get done, because this is the reputation that you've built for yourself. And there's grace to be given when we have this kind of reputation. And, you know, as you talked about your your spouse or children or, or your family, um, those are the very people who could be neglected. Mm -hmm. We take that time and opportunity for granted um, in, in those moments. And so I, you know, that's something on if from the day I got married, I realized that if I'm not careful, Tim, I'll give my spouse whatever is left over. Um, you know, and it, it, I may even start the day right and give God my first fruits, you know, um, it, it, but yet it, it wanes. And so the people who matter the most, sometimes they do get what's left over. And I am not, I, I, it's not intentional, but yet it is because I'm not intentional. If I were intentional, then then they wouldn't get the leftovers. So uh, what happens is my default default personality kicks in and you know and and those are just excuses in this moment. Justin, you were shaking your head about that. What do you think? I mean, it's all right for you to tell me, yeah, Lisa, those are excuses. <laughs> well, uh, you can step on my toes. I will not be challenging like we talked Lisa about Barber earlier. On the coaching call. No way. Um, we when both you and Tim were talking, the thing that came to my mind was sometimes we need to remember that coaching is a long-term practice. And we don't know what today's conversations are going to turn into a week, a month, a year, five years down the road. Y'all, when we sign up to be coaches, this is something that we're going to be spending the rest of our lives doing in some capacity or another, right? Coaching doesn't go away. These skills that we learn and the ways that we help people, they don't go away. I know for myself, even if at one point, you know, hopefully 20, 30, 40 years down the line, I'm not working here in the physical building of Ramsey Solutions as a coach, I will still be out there developing relationships, mentoring, finding others to help. It's just, it's part of my passion. It's my part of my why of why I'm a coach. And I think a lot of us, that's part of the reason why we got into coaching in the first place. So remember back to the reason you got into being a coach and remember that this coaching thing is a long-term deal. So if we miss out on some of these small moments to build relationships with people, we don't know what that might have turned into long-term. I'm not trying to tie that directly into like a, a revenue generating activity, but we just need to remember that relationships are what build our practice and inter Introducing ourselves and connecting with other people can help us connect to more people to connect to more people. And we don't know when that small conversation we had with someone is going to turn into something later on that they will remember us having that conversation and we won't. That's right. That's like, right. Do you remember uh, that time that you talked to me? I don't remember, but sounds great. I'm glad I yeah. did it. <laughs> right? That's right. How many That's times right. have we had that kind of moment? Yeah, Justin, people come up and the, sometimes they'll say that. And I'll even hear it for other people. And they'll be, do you remember what you told me? And I'm like, oh, Lord, I hope it was good. I sure hope it was good. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> please, please let it have been one of those Holy Spirit moments. And it was you talking and not me. Oh, Justin, that's good. That is good. You said something really important, though. We might miss it on the small moments. Because sometimes the small moments are the best. They're the mm -hmm. best. It is that moment where you sit with somebody who maybe they're saying there's a problem going on and they're looking for some solutions. It might be a client. It might be a friend. It might be a total stranger that you, you know, you sat down in a Starbucks because you're wanting to 
write something or whatever, and then you strike this, this person strikes up a conversation with you. They needed you in that moment. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, man, how many times I've walked away and went, geez, Lisa, if you just, if you just paused for one moment longer, what treasure would you have found? Mm, that was good, Justin. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, oh, look at that, Tim. T- what, Tim? Do y'all see that in there? I'm with Tim. When I'm 98, what, what did he say? I love this, y'all. Look at his legacy. He's speaking it out loud. When, uh, Tim Roden. Uh-huh. When I'm 98, I'll still coach my great grandkid out of a financial problem. Tim, good luck to you. I have no intentions of making it to 98. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Family great. history says I won't. Great. Yeah. <laughs> y'all, I'm, I'm loving what I'm seeing in the chat box. Y'all keep it up. Number one, what great encouragement. One of you did say earlier, a few of you actually said, bring on the toe stomping, Tim, you know, and then a little bit later, Justin, when you were talking about something, I saw it in the, the same is that, boy, that did you know, step on my toes and somebody said, well, they do heal. Thank God. I'm going to claim that. David LeBon, you said that, you know. So, um, you know, one of the things I'm guilty of too, guys, is um, uh, allowing distractions. I kind of mentioned mm-hmm. it before, allowing distractions and things sometimes that are outside of my control, you know. Um, um, Maybe may you're sick right now. And that's very distracting in your life. You have no control over that. You're just trying to get well. And or or maybe there is a work project for somebody that's focusing a lot of attention right now. And it is pressing in on every side of your time boundaries really hard. Maybe it is a family member. You know, somebody's having surgery and you're the caregiver. Um, I could come up with a bazillion examples. Gentlemen, when it comes to distractions like that, how how can we how can we still manage our approachability, manage our thoughts, manage our our it, it, the, the verse of scripture taking every thought captive mm-hmm. comes to mind. However, how do you personally manage through a season of distraction that you really it's you didn't bring it on yourself? I think it depends on the kind of distraction uh, that I'm facing. There are distractions that we don't bring on ourselves. The way that Dr. Deloney phrases this, not by your hand, but in your lap. Uh, Situations where you are put into a a position where you are faced with time-sensitive, real things that have to get done, not something you would choose, and not something that is is really, that it may have value, but it's maybe not important. Uh, so, for example, I, I've got a meeting this afternoon uh, for the reading of a will for a grandmother of mine that passed away last month and dealing with those elements because my sister and I are the closest living family. And so having to walk through all of the processes of going through the final stages of somebody's exit strategy uh, there is, is a distraction that we did not ask for, we did not plan for. And, and so one of the things we just have to do in a situation like that is to simply prioritize. Now, sometimes there's things that are distractions that are, again, not by our hand, but in our lap that we do need to kind of lean into differently. Um, again, a lot of you know this particular story, but my wife and I lost our first and only child back in October. That was a distraction that we really didn't need and has changed, even for me, my view of distractions. I know it's, it's one of those things, it's, it's easy to say at the moment, um, but I, I don't know that I can let that situation not transform me in a powerful way. I, even now, like the, prior to October, when I would hear loud children in an area where loud children are not expected, such as a, a restaurant, it really bothered me. It doesn't bother me anymore. Like not in the same way. I, I'm excited to hear that in a different way. It's it's triggering, but it's a different scenario. Uh, and, and so there, there's these things that become distractions that we kind of have to lean into and just walk through. Um, a lot of you know this. We have devotional here every Wednesday at Ramsey. And one of the interesting things this morning is our Devo speaker was talking about Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. 
He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside, beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. And he talked about so often we get it mixed up. We run through the green pastures, right? When, when things are going well, we run, we don't pay attention. We, we sprint through the green pastures on our way into valleys where we lay down and crash in the middle of a valley where there is no life, where the sun doesn't shine, where things are not clear, where it is cold, where all these things have been pulled away from us and we've got to reverse it. We, we have to take the steps. And so when the distraction comes, when the difficulty comes, when the things that fill up every element of our waking and sometimes even our sleeping moments show up and it's this valley, we have to learn how do we continue to take steps so that when the green pastures, the meadow, the soft spots come, the pleasant ends along the way come, we have the ability to rest, to lay down, and to focus on what we've come through, what comes next, and to be able to not have to do anything, but to just ponder and contemplate and think and remember and just be. And by the way, like he talks about this with sheep, sheep are social creatures. But across the uh, highway here, there's a hill where there's frequently sheep that we can see out of our window. I have never seen just one sheep on that hill. Not once. Right? They're, they're social. And so in this green pasture, being able to sit with other people and laugh and joke and share. And so, so much of this idea of getting away from business is also getting into vulnerability and being in real connection with people who you care about, where you can sit and, and think and reminisce and walk through these things together. And for me, that has been an absolutely crucial part of my continued journey through this time. And it's not over. And I know that, but as I'm continuing to walk through that, one of the things I continue to do is to surround myself with people who will walk with me when we're in the valley and sit with me when we're in the pastures and in trying not to get those two reversed. I, I typed a question into the type, chat box as you were talking, Tim, caused me to think about it is uh, based on that verse is, is, are you in the valley, walking through the valley, or are you in the green pasture right now? And coaches, I'd love for y'all to put that in the chat box. We need to celebrate and grieve with you. That's what we're called to do in this moment of connection. Um, it, that's the whole point, I think, of that focused connection that we're talking about and missing the little things, potentially, Justin, what seems to be little, but they're not. The small things, I think, is the word you use, the small things. That we, they may feel or seem small, but they're not. They're profound. So, yeah, Justin. It's going in a little bit different direction. Um, for me, one thing that that I find very distracting is actually my focus. I'm, I'm good at tunnel visioning and on something when it needs to get done or I feel like it needs to get done. So it's going to sound small, but it's actually helped me quite tremendously build my awareness of what's going on around me. Mm -hmm. On my desk, I have my laptop, which is down here. And then I have my screen that's up here that I'm looking at now. What I've done is I've moved most of whatever I'm actively working on up to this screen. And what it's done is it's, it's forced me to raise my visual profile of where I'm looking so that as people are walking around, my, my vision, my perception notices them mm. a lot easier. And so if I see someone walking towards me, I can quickly hit pause on whatever I'm doing and I can, my eyes can look and connect with that person to see if they're looking for me, if they're at, you know, looking for my yeah. attention so I can go ahead and start connecting with them. So I think uh, part of what's caused me uh, almost like a turnoff to people is when I'm looking down and I'm looking focused and I work hard, that's sending a signal to everyone else not to bother me right now. Yeah. And so I, it's a small thing, but I think weight, raising our visual awareness to the point where we can see in our periphery vision what other people are doing allows us to be a bit more open to what's going on in the world around us, yeah. to, to see those times when, oh, maybe I need to connect with this person. And a lot of times it's just, I get to wave at someone and say hi, and they move on and they're not looking for me. But it allows me to help build that awareness, number one. And number two, I'm cultivating an openness to other people just in my posture and where I'm looking and making that eye connection. So if they, if it is something that they want to talk about or connect with me on, they know that I'm, I'm open to being available to them in that moment. 
Yeah, being available. There's another great word, right? Approachable and available. And so we, they, they do. One begets the other for sure, Dustin. Mm-hmm. And you, there's a, there was a young man. Um, y'all, just some of you don't know me, but I'll give you a piece of my, my personality. There's a young man on the other side of the building the other day, and he had on. He was looking at his computer screen. He's all hunkered down, looking in, and he had on a hoodie, and then he had on his headphones over top of the hoodie. So, Justin, he was not approachable or not available, available, except that I went I went and tapped on his shoulder anyway. Hey, I don't know you. <laughs> and he had to undress, you know, to, to talk with me. And we had a just little fun. Just the hood, people. I had, just the hood. I had fun. Well, uh, yeah. I had a little fun with that, though. And um, uh, But I want, I don't, if maybe I did, maybe I do look like that, Justin. I had that visual of him. I'm just, I'm just trying to think even today, did I, I, even though I didn't have a hoodie on and the headphones on, did I look like that? Ugh. Did I, did I throw that, that, that personality out that Mm -hmm. brand, Tim, that you talked about earlier? Have I done that today? Awareness. It's interesting uh, that you can say that with your face, right? You you don't have to have a hoodie and sunglasses and and things on head down in your computer, like Mm -hmm. walls up to put off that same vibe. I've seen plenty of people that didn't have any of those things on, but you could just see in their face very yeah. much the thought of do not talk to me. And, and mm-hmm. what is that that we're, we're putting out there? And again, it's that mm-hmm. a lot of it's that busyness, that the element of I don't have the time for you, whatever it is, whatever it is that you want, whatever it is you think you want. I don't have the time for you. And mm-hmm. so when we can change that perspective, it, it does impact so many different areas of our lives yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and Nairi, I agree with you, Justin, that self-awareness that you have that you just discussed, that's, uh, that's powerful. A lot of people don't have that self-awareness. Oh my goodness. Y'all ever met an oblivious person, person before? Um, if you have, it might've even been me, right? Um, that is, that is so good. This is so good. The self-awareness. And again, that morning, this morning, that's what I asked for. Um, so many of you all were talking about that, yeah, Tim, the, uh, what people sense and get from us, um, it's not just verbally, you know, it, it is all of us. John Maxwell says that people might hear words, but they feel your attitudes. Mm-hmm. Ooh, checking the attitude at the door, right, Tim? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. man, just, just checking the attitude at the door. Um, you know, so many great, you know, thinking back even just a moment ago to, um, you know, that God always has time for us. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then connecting the dots, excuse me, <clears throat> connecting the dots earlier, I think, Justin, when you were talking about um, uh, just thinking out loud, y'all, because this, these connecting those dots are powerful. Um, you said uh, something about, um, um, gosh, y'all, I've forgotten what it was. There's so much meat in this today. Um, my brain is full and I feel like I have a lot to do. Me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, you all have to know something. Many times we have a topic that we want to discuss because it's what's going on in our own lives. And this seemed to be something that was, a, it's a common theme through our, our, our department, the coaching team completely right now and that's why we decided to work on this today and I know that when that happens for me my brain gets really really full and and I love this it was interesting so Byron just mentioned the the idea of people walking on their cell phones just staring down talking about what we can do with a full brain at one point (laughs) I don't know if this still exists or not but there was an app true story there was an app think little picture in picture thing and what this app would allow you to do is it would create a picture-in-picture picture on your screen with the smaller picture being whatever was coming through your smartphone camera. It was set up so that you could walk while looking on your camera and not stumble on something in front of you because how dare you put your phone away long enough to pay attention to the sidewalk that you're walking mm-hmm. on. Wow. And this is this is where a lot of our culture has put value. We have valued being full mm-hmm. and busy. And so wow. I shared this in the chat box as well, that time flows like water. It will move into whatever container you allow it to. Mm-hmm. And you can absolutely mm-hmm. fill your time with things that don't matter that much or fill your time with things that matter tremendously. 
or some combination, but, but you can't get it back. Once that time is slowed out, that time is gone. That's we right. can't reclaim that. All we can do is shift the container, is shift the flow of the stream. But that's what this call has been all about. It sure has, and Tim, as you were talking about that, did y'all see Hazel chat? Hazel, Hazel must be in the hospital right now. We got mm. to take note of that, y'all. Praying in my spirit right now. We're gonna pray here in just a few minutes before we get off this call. But to notice that, Hazel, thanks for sharing. You know, that's another thing. Is that it's okay? Let's go back to the beginning again. I lost that one thought, but now I remember the uh, this other beginning thought. Right? Was um, was was but. but what does that other person need in the moment? Pay attention to their need in that moment. Just like Hazel, paying attention. Sometimes people just need that. Yeah, I, some of y'all might remember the movie The Breakfast Club. Hey, Tim, I'm using a movie reference. I you know. Be very I'm, proud I'm of me. Also, we are 52 <laughs> minutes in, and I have not yet mentioned Star Wars. What's happening? Oh I'm no! I'm slipping, y'all. Okay, well, I'm hey, slipping. while I'm while I'm doing go this, you go, you, you go you. figure it out. Slash you go figure it out. We almost made it, Lisa. <laughs> ah, no, I I would be disappointed if we did. Um, but in the Breakfast Club, some of y'all might remember that there, Ali Sheedy's character. There, it's this group of young kids that have to do a Saturday in school uh, detention. And they're the whole day, and they are just supposed to sit in the library. They nothing but sit. And when they start to share, of course, there's a bonding experience that happens. And when they start to share, they all share with the reason why they're in detention. And she shares this: my family ignores me. Mm. How sad is that? It, it, I remember the first time I heard her say that, and it my heart was absolutely stunned, and then it broke. And before J Tim jumps in with a Star Wars reference, this this is what I was thinking about while you were working through that, Lisa, is I, I think the hardest part for me in getting busy on doing things that I know need to be done is especially when they're in that category of I'm working on my coaching I'm working in my passion, like something that I really love doing, because I can justify in myself that it's okay for me to be really focused in on getting all these tasks out of the way, because these are the important things. This is this is stuff I'm called to. This is you know part of my job. This is the really important stuff, and those are things that we need to take care of, uh, no doubt. They're they're on our list to do for a reason, but I just need to remember to keep that awareness around me so that I don't miss those moments that I really need to be present for someone else that's right in front of me, even though I'm working on the business part, right, of my coaching practice or whatever we're doing here at the office. Mm -hmm. Justin, I'm going to ask you and Tim both right now for me, and then Tim, we're going to get to your Star Wars reference before we run out of time. But I'm, I'm going to go ahead right here in front of how many people are in right now, 296 people. Um, and we'll talk about what accountability looks like, but this is an area of my life. I would invite you guys to say, Lisa, you looked distracted. You weren't paying attention. You, I, I just give you permission to just speak into that. When you see me behaving that way, or even if we're in the middle of conversation, just, hey, I was, I was right here like a teacher would, you know, um, I was up front, you know, get your head out of the book or whatever it is. I give you guys permission right now to hold me accountable to be better at this than I know that I am. Would y'all do that for me? I will. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that, Justin. Tim, I, Tim, I know you, I, I, hopefully you feel like you can do that for me. So, uh, we've, we've built some, some great stuff, right? <laughs> so, uh, there was that question in the chat box about who or the Q and a box about who should we be vulnerable with the people whom you work with is one, mm -hmm. right? The people who you care about, the people who you're connected with, the people whom you can help. Um, and so one of the things that, that I love in, in getting to think about this today, one of those challenges is to be present, is to stay in the midst of what is happening. Uh, so here, here's your Star Wars reference, because we, we can't end the call without one. Um, th this is a really important moment. So in The Empire Strikes Back, the best Star Wars movie, uh, Luke Skywalker is desperate to not only inherit, but to redeem his father's legacy, although he doesn't even know it's his father yet. Uh, spoilers. Uh, been up for 40 years, people. Um, but he, he's, he's saying, I can do these things. I can become this person I want to be. 
and, and he finds out from his current mentor, his current guide character in this about his father and the failure that his father had, the failure and what turned Anakin Skywalker into Darth Vader. And, and part of that distraction was Yoda said of Luke's father, never his mind on where he was or what he was doing. That distraction drove him into madness and took away the ability of what was once a great man having a huge impact in his world, that the person who'd set out to like free the slaves as a child back on Tatooine, and he becomes the biggest villain in the galaxy, becomes a, an image of fear for all people because he didn't stay present, because he didn't focus on where he was and what he was doing. And he allowed a constant fear of the future, a constant uh, threat thread to the past to completely destroy his life. And so that's kind of my encouragement and challenge for all of you today is what if we spend some time to, to, to allow our minds to be where we are, focused on what we're doing and nothing else. And so if where you are this evening is at home with your family, be with your family, yeah. turn your cell phone off. Every single cell phone has an off button on it. And if it doesn't, go spend $3 at Ace Hardware, buy a <laughs> hammer, and turn your phone off. Right? You don't need it that bad. Right? Let those things go to the side. Let the things that don't matter that much go to the side so we can spend the time on things that really matters in life. Mm -hmm. Kristen said this is a lot harder than we might think it is. I see that. Kristen, yep. you're right. You're right. We got to have those those treasured people in our lives that will call us out on this because it, we were created for relationship, right, Justin? This is what it's all about. And we never make it, right? This is something that we're always going to be working on. Just like you always have to do a budget, just like you always have to be focused on how can I improve and get better at coaching, at you know, being a, a husband, a spouse, a father, all the different roles that we play, right? Throughout the day, we're yeah. going to put on many different hats. And with each one of those roles that we interact with people, we can always improve and be better on that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we sure can. But boy, we can't end on a better note than that. We can improve. We can get better as a human, a friend, a colleague, a parent, a child, a sister, a brother. Um, we, we can certainly be better tomorrow than we are today just by doing one small shift. And that's mm -hmm. eyes. Who was it that, that I went and made the teacher's reference and they said, uh, one, two, three eyes on me, you know, and mm -hmm. so I like that in the chat box. That's exactly it. it. One, two, three eyes on me. Somebody needs something in the moment and they probably need more than what they even think they need. You know, that's a coaching practice right there in and of itself. Thank you all for being here today. Um, it's been a, I, you know, I, I did this with two group coaching calls yesterday, Tim, Justin, I got off the call and I was like, that call was for me. Uh, thanks for everybody else who showed up. <laughs> I appreciate y'all being here witnessing what God did for <laughs> me in this moment, but you know, hopefully there are others of you thinking the same thing though man, that was yeah. just for me. And that's going to, it was transformational because it was based on the word of God. It was based on mm -hmm. the leadership style of Jesus, as Tim pointed out. It was based on uh, biblical, just the way we treat, that we're supposed to treat people, like Justin said, treating people like he would want mm -hmm. to be treated. And uh, that, that golden rule aspect of things. Thank you all for being here. Hazel, Let's, let's pray, y'all, right now, and y'all keep Hazel in mind. And every other coach, you saw names in here. There were people who weren't chatting that are and will listen to a replay of this real talk. And um, I, let's, let's just keep in mind that empty seat next to us right now. There's a coach that will hear this, that needs to hear the word of God and how loved and beloved they are and so yeah let's 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 talk to the to the lord um hey justin i i might be putting you on the spot would you pray for us these coaches today if i'm putting you on the spot you can tell me no boundaries would you do it for us though i will okay thank you 
Father God, I thank you for this time that we got to be together and for all the coaches that are on this call that took an hour out of their day to be with us, to share their thoughts, to open their minds and, and hearts wanting to learn more about how to do, do this thing we call life together. And through our interactions and talk today, we got to hear stories of people that are doing well in aspects, that, that are hurting in aspects. I thank you that we have this community that we can lean on each other to learn and to grow together. And Father, I'll ask specifically for those that are hurting, for Hazel, who says she was in the hospital, uh, for Tim, continued healing in his yes. family and his situation, Lord. Um, each of us have things that we are struggling with, whether spoken or unspoken. And I pray that you would be with us, provide people around us in our in our families, in our homes, in our friends, in our workplaces that can help um, provide comfort and support as we all look to just live in your kingdom and continue to love on others and provide hope where we can. And I pray that you would be with us through the rest of this day as we go about your business. It's through Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Justin. Thanks for doing that. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening and being with us today. We'll see you shortly. All right. Thanks.